Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday morning to you, gents. <laughs> Lean in. <laughs> Lean in. That's right. How Why not? <laughs> Andy, Steve, uh, it, it is indeed. It is a fine good day to you both. Thus far, it has been grand. It's early. It's a little bit early today. Sorry for folks in the um, uh, live stream that we're... We, 
are starting early, it's because of Andy. It's because it's all my fault, <laughs> as yes, most is. things are. That's a, it, <laughs> Um, we, uh, before we dig into the other goodies, uh, we have just a little bit of news about this show, Saturday Matinee. Ooh. Uh, there's a, <laughs> really? <laughs> news is exciting, uh, Pete. A, you, be, you became a cereal mascot for a second there, just to, somebody introduced marshmallows. Ooh. Uh, I like those too. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, we've just been uh, we've been talking about how we do the show, how the show is done. And uh, one of the things that has come out of that is that uh, uh, we are going to start dropping the Saturday matinee in the main feed. So like the rest of our um, uh, podcasts here at The Next Reel, uh, patrons will get early access to the show. Uh, that will be Saturday matinee hour i guess <laughs> uh depending on how easy it is for me to edit it and then uh it will go live on mondays for uh the the rest of the general public in the main feed of, of the next reel so it'll show up in itunes it'll show up everywhere so that is the new thing saturday Nat matinee if you've never heard this show uh and you are hearing it on this fine monday morning uh, then that is why. So we welcome you to the Saturday Matinee. If it is a show where we talk about uh, news of the week, we talk about we do our trailer picks uh, that then become fodder grist for the mill for Trailer Rewind for Steve and JJ. Uh, we and we go through our our list of movies that are loosely, somewhat very loosely uh, related to the film that Andy and I are talking about that week. Um, so that did you mention some flick chart re-ranking? And flick chart re-ranking. Yeah. Yes, we also do that. Uh, and uh, where we have, uh, we, we need to name that segment. Flick chart re-ranking. How about that? Flick <laughs> yeah, flick chart re-ranking, I think, is a pretty good. Is it early that makes call, you guys call, call like, the most anodyne participants in this conversation <laughs> that I've ever That okay, is hold on. so right. boring. Okay, how about. Somebody workshop okay, that, okay. please. Re-ranking oh, okay. flick chart. Tell, oh, tell no. Andy and Steve. <laughs> but there's an just, E on the end of Flick Chart. just made the list. The re-ranking <laughs> Flick Chart. chart. Ye old Flick Chart re-ranking. All right. All right. So we do that as well uh, for a couple of movies to see how things have changed over the uh, last couple of many years that we've been doing the show and uh, get a little bit of movement on the Flick Chart for the main show. So that's what's going on. Welcome to the Saturday Matinee. If you are new, if you are old, uh, welcome back. Also, if you are new, we the the shows have been released publicly on Patreon. They just won't hit the public feed uh, until Monday. So, if you want to go uh, browse some of the back catalog, we encourage you to do so. And while you're there, what a great opportunity it would be to support the show with uh, your ducats or doubloons. What do they use? <laughs> what what is what do uh, leprechauns use? Gilders. <laughs> yeah, think. there is a pot of gold. You could throw gold, literally gold <laughs> at gold. you. We'll take it, and um, uh, we'll, you could we'll even uh, take a gold it. brick if you've got one of those. We'll take a we'll take a gold brick. You know what? We'll, we'll find a we'll way even to give take you the show before we've recorded it. If you throw us a gold brick, uh, so that's it. That's the news. News about the show of the morning. Enough re uh, uh, navel gazing. Let us let us begin the show proper. What would you like to talk about, gentlemen? Can I talk about arrows? <sighs> Ooh, that was crazy! <laughs> Is it not cra the craziest thing you've ever seen? I don't know if it's crazier I, because or the people I, standing in front of him. 
right? <laughs> yes. Well, this is what happens when I try to find the movies for our list. And I'm looking for, you know, flying arrow shots. And I come across, uh, what's his name? Lars Anderson, who has rediscovered the ancient craft of archery the way that it was done. Not the Hollywood version, which is you run around with arrows in your hand and just shoot them all one after another. And apparently he can bend them around corners. It's the most insane thing I've ever seen. And I thought that heightened my expectations for Robin Hood. And then I saw that he had trained Taron Edgerton for now. I really want to see the new Robin Hood movie because I just wrote that off as crazy CG stuff. And now I think, well, now I'm going to see somebody running around shooting arrows really fast. That's that's better than, you know, good old Kevin Costner sort of standing there and just I'll shoot one. <laughs> we'll put a GoPro <laughs> on one yes. arrow. I would like to say that exactly. going and visiting the Turn Edgerton version is going to be worth it for you to to see what uh what Lars brought to the table as far as training training young Terran. Um I don't recall any of that in the movie and if so I'm sure it was still CG'd in because I don't think Terran probably ever got as good as Lars Lars is. I don't know, did you see the behind the scenes stuff? Of Taryn doing it uh, on camera in, though in like, the warehouse in the film yeah well it's it was in the behind the scenes of the his training oh, well I'm just saying he in was, the film I doubt that they ever I'm skeptical you're you're bringing the curmudgeon <laughs> this morning I get it I hear yes. it curmudgeon no Nelson that's who he is <laughs> get off me lawn. I I uh, I have more respect for certainly more respect for Taron Edgerton in, in his role because I unlike Andy I do believe that we saw some on screen uh, arrow did he curve one though I don't that I don't know but I do know that the the shots where he like is doing it without looking you know he's hmm. shooting it behind him and and that was uh, cool. I liked like, that moment that was that. Uh, all right, See? so I'm going to call that a little tiny win. Sure. Andy, you and I are on the same page about this movie overall. Please, we are. We are very much on the same page with that movie. <laughs> but come on, he's Andy Ogilvy. <laughs> he's got quibbles with things. <laughs> Just, yeah. So yeah. I, you're I, forcing me I to lean that... into it even more. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I feel uh, I feel pretty I, I feel better about Edgerton. I've always liked Edgerton, and this movie I, I think uh, it hasn't gotten a whole lot better knowing this information. But Edgerton has, so we'll leave it at that. It's a very cool video, and so we'll put it in the uh, in the show notes. You must see it. Yeah, just watching Lars at work is stunning to see what he's doing with arrows. I like the end of the one where he shoots it. So it goes sideways to put out the two candles. <laughs> it's like, oh yes. my God. <laughs> Come on. That is just nuts. Just that, nuts. Does it make you, this is the question I have for you both. Does it make you rethink how you do other things? Because <laughs> this this guy, the way he does it, right? He doesn't have the quiver. And that was one of the my most favorite moments is watching him run through the woods, trying to draw an arrow out of the quiver at his back as all the arrows fall out, get caught in a tree. <laughs> Of course that would happen. Of course it would. It was perfect. And uh, and so instead, you know, the ancient way he holds them in his draw hand so that when he, he pulls it back, he can very quickly reload and all of that. So it's great. Does it make you rethink the equivalent of holding the arrows in your draw hand, other activities that you take on every day in your lives? Well, clearly I should be carrying around two laptops, you know, just, you know, just the same. <laughs> 
so that I'm always ready to flip them both open. I always have a spreadsheet under one hand for for entering numbers for producing. Always at the ready. You know. I I yes. I, I mean Steve. It makes me think maybe I've been walking wrong because I mean. You just assume that's like the most natural thing is, yeah, you have an arrow, you pull it out, you shoot. And he's like, no, you go back to these ancient texts and here and you they even show some artwork where this is how people did things. I thought, well, I don't know. Have we been walking wrong? Because sometimes my feet hurt. Maybe I'm doing <laughs> and it wrong. I think in some of those hieroglyphics, their knees bend the other way. I can't tell yes, if that's because exactly. we've been walking wrong. <laughs> we forgot exactly. the ancient way to. Yeah. Yes. Do we have any uh, movie news that we would like to talk about? I've got old movie news. I discovered something and I thought, how how did I miss this? I don't know how I missed this because it's like three or four years old. Wow. Movie news. I had never heard about this craziness called Birdemic. Really? What? You missed that whole thing? I missed that whole thing. So I don't know how I missed it because I'm like, <laughs> well, I've been paying attention to what's going on in movies. How did I miss this horrible movie called Birdemic and the... the I stumbled across the trailer and then I watched there was a whole article on Vice about the guys that helped him get that movie sort of distributed and what that did to his career. I just and I am kind of curious to see it, but I just it was surprised it never came up anywhere in any of the conversations or articles that I had read. So I was, I'm feeling like sort of the uh, maybe I was in a different universe where Birdemic didn't exist. And suddenly this week I woke up in the Birdemic universe. I don't know, I don't know. if you should count yourself. Lucky or unlucky? Lucky. <laughs> I'm with Andy. I do want to ask you guys what you think about the early um, thoughts on Joker and Joaquin Phoenix apparently astounding oh. performance as Joker. It's already, of course, controversial. What makes it controversial? The performance? The film? The the performance is apparently fantastic. The controversy is around. I mean, they're calling it the neo taxi driver knockout. That's that's how Variety is classifying it. You know how I felt about Taxi Driver. Mm. It it is a movie that supposedly expresses what's happening in the real world. It talks a lot about um, mass violence and um, and and the havoc that one person can wreak with. Um, you know, at the hands of uh, easy to access weapons and uh, all of that kind of stuff, uh, apparently also uh, hand in hand with mental illness. And uh, some of the early uh, reviews are saying, hey, this is a fantastic film. And also, maybe it's not the film we need right now, <laughs> uh, you know, culturally, like this is a movie that's uh, that that is out of its time. It sounds like it's right in its time to me, because it seems like this is the conversation that this country needs to have. I mean, back in the the dark night, it was all about, you know, surveillance. And that was the whole Snowden era of like who's listening and wh who, what can happen when you have control of that information. And I think it sparked some interesting discussions. And I think, uh, you know, Joker's tackling issues that are very much at the forefront of what's on the news every day. So I don't think it's inappropriate. I think it's artists bringing stories forward to provoke conversations and debate. My question with it, and I guess we won't know until we see it, is, is it going to be something that um, people have fewer conversations and debates about, and it just, it spurs people on to imitate. 
Like that's something that I'm really curious about. I, yeah, I think that's the that that's the you guys just laid out the central conflict. I mean, I'm all about the the um, you know how m- movies hold up a mirror for our cultural reflection, right? This is this is what we need to see. Uh, we also have uh, right now a rather we have an element of society that has a rather simpler relationship with movies mm. and that imitation thing is a, is a risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, hor- it's horrifying, right? It's, it's, I think we're in, you know, we live in a state of greater fear of those kinds of things, uh, that movies as incitement for, uh, imitative violence. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, this is the, this is interesting. They, they, one of these things in the spirit of one of these things is not like the other, right? They say that it's like taxi driver and, uh, uh, the king of comedy and there are elements lifted from death wish network V for vendetta, the shining and the purge and the empire strikes back. <laughs> what element do you think is lifted from the empire? Strikes back? Oh, the Joker sleeps in the freeze. belly of a tauntaun. It's so weird. <laughs> No, he's going to freeze people in carbonite for later. <laughs> yes, that's the one. That is what he's going to do. All of his goons okay. have to go through the carbonite freezing process. That's funny. Here's here's a, a, a just a side note about this conversation. Um, I don't know if either of you have read Glenn Kenny's review over at RogerEbert.com, but I just want to read this this passage of it um, because it it this to me kind of is an example of perhaps how film criticism should not be written. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, Now, granted, I don't think Todd Phillips is that great of a filmmaker. I I really love The Hangover. I think that's an anomaly for him. I think pretty much everything else he's done has not been that great as far as what he's directed. Uh, But this is uh, what Glenn Kenny had to say. Uh, Do you think, let's see, darkness no longer has much to do with feelings of alienation. The filmmaker wants to express a purge, as was the case with the film like Taxi Driver. It's not about exploring uncomfortable ideas, as was done in The King of Comedy. Do you think Todd Phillips, who co-wrote and directed Joker and references those movies so often, you might expect that Martin Scorsese was enlisted as an executive producer here as a way of heading off a plagiarism lawsuit, really cares about income equality, celebrity worship, and the lack of civility in contemporary society? I don't know him personally, but I bet he doesn't give a toss. He's got the pile he made on those hangover movies, which some believe have indeed contributed to the lack of civility in, in etc., and can not only buy up all the water that's going to be denied us regular slobs after the big one hits, he can afford the bunker for after the bigger bigger one hits. Wow. Hmm. It's like, uh, are we judging this film now just based on our opinion of how much money Todd Phillips has and the fact that, you know, he, you know, is out of touch like it just it's like what what is he thinking here this is such a strange part of a review to include about a film it is a very strange i mean it it just reads very much like he's working out some of his own issues yeah Yeah, and it just makes me feel like should we even take this guy seriously as a film critic yeah that's troublesome i i i am more of a fan of todd Phillips than than you are it sounds like i'm I'm right with you on the hangover um but, but i am also very excited to see what happens when filmmakers cross, uh, you know, genres and story opportunity. And yeah, I think this this movie looks very exciting to me. I mean, it's a movie that I feel like is, um, you know, the the early press is such that that it it has me super intrigued. Your you know the Ebert review notwithstanding, um, I'm I'm really looking forward to this, and that feels like not not a perspective that. 
uh, is even relevant or resonant to the film. With with criticism of art, I always expect there you need to account for the the creator of the art in your your commentary. But when your focus is solely on the person rather than what they're creating, I mean you've you've gone astray of I think what the purpose of criticism is. And you know, yeah, Todd Phillips. I mean, maybe he's trying to follow an Adam McKay's path of I did these ridiculous comedies, but now I've got something important to say, and I've got the clout and money to do it now. Uh, because I can say, you know, I, you know, with Adam McKay, his comedies, I mean, they're not classics and, and favorites in my book, but then he does the big short. And to me, that was a really powerful movie. Todd Phillips, you know, sounds like he's, you know, following the same path to try to make assumptions on what his intent is. I, unless you've sat down and talked with him or he said something about he has no interest in these things. I, that's that's an assumption that I think a critic shouldn't be making. You can't assume intent on what an art, artist is saying unless they've come right out yeah. and said it. So I think he's failing in his criticism in several areas. It, it just the, the sarcasm that it is, it's just dripping with is it is tough for for me to swallow in a in a critique like this. Yeah, it's um, it's frustrating. You know, I to like see. to have I, I, we like to have fun talking about movies, but this is um, you yeah. know, for a movie that hasn't been released, you know, publicly yet to to ooze that kind of sentiment toward it this is a movie that's going to to really be all about the cleansing uh cleansing uh nature of violence and that's you know that's a hard pill to swallow for for a lot of folks is it is it well timed is it a, a beautiful work of art on screen um we'll see very soon i'm very much looking forward to it well i will say at least we can say that todd phillips is following it up with the equally as important and relevant to society film the untitled hulk hogan biopic so we have that also who's dripping, who's dripping with sarcasm now who is that i was gonna say come on now now who, who wrote it who, who who wrote it because if it's uh john, john oh polano why can't Scott i remember Silver. their name and, and Chris Hemsworth is oh, in okay. it. Right. I'm totally joking. I think that it, it could be a it's fun movie. It's going to be okay. fantastic. Yeah. You know it is. <laughs> well, it has to be better than The Hangover Part 3. Well, I was going to say, is this untitled Hogan biopic going to be focusing on WrestleMania? Or is it going to be focused on the whole, like, you know, sex tape controversy? Because you've got two very different approaches to this man's life yeah, that you can right. take. Can you take one without the other, Steve, really? Hulk Hogan is a complex tapestry of potpourri of, of media management. I think they go hand in hand. I'm excited. Uh, shall we do trailers? Let's do them. I think Steve, uh, Steve... Are, we're, we're not we're not going to do rink what are we going to call it flick chart oh, re-rank this is it yeah of course I, I, well yeah, do we do it first is that what re-rank a re rama the old re-rank of the flick charty <laughs> all right let's do that so we're going to do some flick chart re-rankings we'll do 10 and we'll start first with star trek 5 the final frontier or moon star trek 5 the final frontier or moon it's moon it's definitely moon all right, next up, we have My Cousin Vinny or Kingdom of Heaven. What? Ugh. It's doing that thing. I waited too movies. long. Either of them. Right. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's an easy oh, one sure. for me, but I don't remember you talking about those. It's Kingdom of Heaven. Oh, wait, but, there was yeah. that, you, you did that. Yeah, there was right, a Tomei right. series, didn't you? All I right, forgot about that. Stop it, chart. Stop it. <sighs> All right, here we go. It's like you, you mock me with your old timey right. talk. <laughs> All right, next up, we have Meek's Cutoff or The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest. Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest. Definitely Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest. Sorry, Steve. By the <sighs> way, for right. these re-rankings, Steve not... is here to 
try to sway us one way or the other if we are conflicted. That's that's <laughs> if, if, if you're wrong. That's if that's, he's actually seen wrong, either of them. Correct. <laughs> yes. Now wh- wait, which what was it? The girl the that kicked which which version was that? There's only the hornets. One. Oh, okay. All right. That's right. There's the only the one. There, right. there can be only Next one. Next up, Miller's Crossing or Alice doesn't live here anymore. I'll take Miller's Crossing. Miller's Crossing. Yeah. All right. Number four, the French lieutenant's woman or Red Belt? Red Belt. Mm. French lieutenant's Red woman. <laughs> oh, wow. You guys are split. And I, if I saw the French lieutenant's woman, it was back in the late 80s. You know, I don't remember it that well enough to, to sway really you. Away what I'm hearing you say is I saw the French lieutenant woman and it's not memorable. And I so <laughs> we should go exactly. with Red Belt. Well, I remember seeing Red Belt. And I remember a few scenes. It's it's slightly more memorable because it's more recent in my memory. I I didn't. It's a it's a mammoth. It's, Come on, it's a mammoth. Uh, what are you gonna do? It's not yeah, a great it's, mammoth. I, I will agree with Andy though. It's 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 not the greatest. Yeah, I'll, mammoth. I'll stick la, with the la, French la, lieutenant. I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but then you've got the Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. You, Jeremy you can't Irons. Go against the Streep. It's Pete. it's a really interesting yeah. film. I think that yeah. it's worth checking out, and it's one I'd happily rewatch first. Also, I'll, Red Belt. I will put it on my list. <laughs> All right, we're going to have to do it. <laughs> you gotta, you're going to have to do it. Do oh, what? No. We're going to have to Rochambeau. You got to paper or scissors but the I rock. I thought Steve yeah. was here to prevent us from having Only, you. only if I, he's seen them and can sway us. Right, and I, and I can't sway you, so it's ye old Rochambeau. That wasn't commitment enough, you guys. All right. <laughs> what? Unless you're willing to go. Andy's... Firmly I'm stuck not, with you know, his, his old timey streep. I'm ready. All right. I'm ready. <laughs> One. Oh, we get to oh, see it. Sorry. Here, I'm going to put, I'm, go I got to change the there we go. display. There we oh, go. it's, uh-huh. he's going, oh, uh-huh. split screen. Ready? Okay. One. One. Two. two three. three. Oh, <laughs> skunked me. That'd be paper. Oh, I couldn't see it. For the listeners I couldn't at home. see it. I couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Red belt. All right. Number five. We've got children of the corn. Or the bad seed. Oh, bad seed. Bad seed, yeah. That was a disappointing rewatch. Oh. <laughs> uh, bad seed held steady. Uh, I forgot to say if anything's changed or not. Oops. All right, next up. In the mood for love or La Femme Nikita? I'll take in the mood for love, please. Ah, uh, I will too. Wow, I didn't think that you would do that. Uh, that's a, That held steady. A League of Their Own or The Spanish Apartment? A League of Their Own. Yeah, I'll take A League of Their Own. That went from 236 to 136. A 100 oh, wow. film jump. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or Pale Rider. Definitely Kiss Kiss Bang Bang for me. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, yeah. That held steady at 37. Brazil or Blowout. Definitely Brazil for me. Brazil. Held steady at 31. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan or Chinese Puzzle. Star Trek II. Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That held steady at 50. Star Trek 6, the final, or the undiscovered country. I don't know where my reading skills have gone. Or network. Oh, really? It's, I mean, it's network, it's but network. really? I know, that's a tough one. Network held steady uh. at number two. And last one, Star Trek Generations. So much Star Trek. Or Ocean's wow. Eleven, the 1960 version. <laughs> Jeez. Where do you even, like, I'll take how does one even begin? Definitely would watch that again over the. Do you your enthusiasm for watching that again is is uh, intrigues me. I, I will I I would if that were it on a 
It's enthusiasm because it's just as far as what it's compared to. I really didn't like that Ocean's Eleven. No, I did. I didn't either. All right. Well, that I will go. I'll also go. Also held steady at four hundred one. So there you go. There's our re rankings for the day. So we had a, our biggest jump, as far as we know, as far as we were paying attention, is that hundred film jump for uh, for League of Their Own yep. or League of Their Own. Yep. All right. That's, there's no crying in flick chart. There's no crying in flick chart. That's right. All right. Let's do trailers. Let's do it. Okay. I believe Steve comes with the A24. A24 has a very special place uh, on the Saturday matinee. It makes everybody first. That's right. We have the, the yes, red band so, rule and the A24 rule. That's right. Right. Is it red band supersedes A24? Did we? I don't know if we have. Uh, the, I believe. The I believe A24 supersedes red band. Yes. No. Oh, okay. Um, and that, by the red band A24. All, yeah, yeah that's all. Trump. It's like that the Royal the Flush. Trailer. Right. Okay. Okay. So the reason to pick an A24 is so that then you get to do your list first. You don't have to worry as much about steals. <laughs> so there's there's the the motive behind these things. Because do I do I really want to see this movie? Actually, yes, I really do want to see this movie. This is uh, called Waves from writer-director Trey Edward Schultz, whose work I have not seen uh, because his prior film was an odd little horror thriller uh, called It Comes at Night with Joel Great Edgerton, movie. which I'm intrigued intrigued to see but again you know horror is not my the main turf i tread in so it's one that i i will it's, get around to you would be uh, fine with it it's not straight up horror it's uh, a lot more psychological okay and, uh really really interesting okay. uh take on horror films okay so i was Surprised to see his next film is a sort of a family drop rope dra- drama romance about two young couples navigating through the emotional minefield of growing up and falling in love uh, with a, a you know stellar cast. We've got Clifton Collins Jr., Sterling K. Brown, uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr. Uh, this is a film that is one of these that I based on its release date of November first. Uh, you know, we're clearly trying to get into that Oscar territory and it has that feel of a powerful story about family and drama and the challenges of parenting, all these things that I'm familiar with because of being a parent and kids and such. So typically I, I like the genre films more, but there's something about this one, the way it's shot, um, just some beautiful, beautiful images in here that are drawing me in and thinking this is going to be, uh, less i don't want to say less straightforward but just a more artfully crafted film uh so that's what i'm hoping for out of this one uh waves from trey edward schultz what did you would you guys take away from this one yeah i'm i'm right there with you it had a tone and a feel to it that uh just really kind of i just really liked it had a little bit of uh you know kind of the um if beale street could talk sort of feel or or moonlight there's just there's a tone to kind of the the pacing of the trailer and everything that just really struck a chord with me and i immediately just wanted to check it out so i'm very curious about this one and as i said i mean i i found it comes at night to be a really interesting horror film that uh totally worked for me so it made uh this one even more of something that i'm wanting to check out yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to this one too. It it I struggled with the trailer because it doesn't give you a whole lot, and I kept expecting like some big twist. Like what? There's there's got to be. I mean, this is a, a story of some incredible people, and clearly there's got to be more going on here. Is this really 
just an emotional story of people learning to live their lives together. Like there's no bank robbery. Nobody goes to jail. <laughs> like there's nothing. Well, like as far as we know, Pete, it's called waves. So maybe the geo storm right. is coming to wipe them out somewhere <laughs> in the second geo, act. This is an environmental movie. I just couldn't pigeonhole. Like what is the movie? And, and I feel like yeah. I went into it like looking for that. What this is a movie. It's going to have to have a position, right? It can't just be humans telling a story. Uh, so, uh, you know, once I got over that hump, I realized, oh, I think I'd really like to see this movie. This is just a movie ab uh, about people living their lives. What, like, dare to dream that we can actually have a movie <laughs> like that uh, with a cast like this. This is just fantastic. Yes. So, no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm such a big Sterling K. Brown fan that I, I'm uh, just about oh, yeah. anything. So. And, and Steve, you should be... Um more curious about uh, Schultz's films, but uh, I don't know if this says anything, but in his early career, he served as film loader, post-production intern, and intern on three of Terrence Malick's films. Ah, I was wondering about that because there were some shots I thought, this looks like it's got a little Terrence Malick feel to the way he's shooting some of these things. So I I didn't want to presume, and I if I throw out Terrence Malick, Andy's going to roll his eyes <laughs> half, the, half time. the time. Uh Half the time. Uh, so, no, that is uh, OK. That makes me feel a little uh, more interested and intrigued by how he's putting mm -hmm. this together. Thank you. When does it come out? OK. November 1st, because November is the new December, <laughs> making October the new November. According to Costco, September is the new December because you can already buy your Christmas <laughs> decorations. Oh, my gosh. All right, Andy, wow. you're next. All right. All right. For my trailer, I I, I picked one that uh, I saw earlier in the week, but it, I don't know. I just I watched it and it struck me as something that looked really interesting. And I think uh, I don't know. I think a lot of it is the tone of the film, um, but also like, you know, I'm instantly intrigued anytime I see something with Michael B. Jordan in it these days because I find him to be just a really compelling actor. But then I see oh, Jamie Foxx is in it, and it looks like, you know, a really strong performance from him again. I feel like after he won his Oscar, he kind of started, you know, going back into films like Stealth and stuff that just wasn't as good and, and worthy of the skill that he could bring to screen. And then Robin Hood, let's not forget that one. Um, and Brie Larson is in it. I'm like, okay, this is this is looking really interesting. And then I see that it's directed by Dustin Daniel Cretton, who did uh, Short Term 12, which I just fell in love with the moment I watched that film. And so kind of the pieces fell into place for me as I watched this. This is a story of uh, world-renowned civil rights defense attorney Brian Stevenson as he recounts his experiences and details the case of a condemned death row prisoner whom he fought to free. Jamie Foxx is the death row prisoner. Uh, Michael B. Jordan plays uh, Brian Stevenson, and just it, it's a courtroom drama. It's it's one of these, you know, trying to fight for the right and trying to help an innocent man get off death row. Uh, Rafe Spall is in it as well. Tim Blake Nelson just got a great cast, and I, I just feel like the film looks really compelling. Everything about it just works for me. It's one of these. It looks to be one of these kind of courtroom dramas that uh, is just going to hit right for me. So. Um, I was pretty excited to see this trailer. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm right there with you on this one. I'm I don't know about the January 10th release date. Mm. That was one thing that I thought uh, I don't know if this doesn't feel like a film that gets dumped. It's 
in January. It has it a like Christmas it's, it's, uh, uh, release date. It's going to be a limited Christmas that, release date before that, it opens wider in January. Ah, so yeah, opens wide. There, there we go. Because you know, short term twelve has been on my like Netflix oh, queue forever. Of there's make just, time, it, make time. One that, yeah. So you know, patient zero on that one for for Andy. Hopefully, if I can get around to <laughs> fitting that in somewhere. Uh, but yeah, this is one of the, again one of those just straight up dramas that looks like a really compelling story and with a, a great cast to it. So this is one that if I can't find my way out to the theater, I really look forward to JJ and I talking about you know films like this. I I sit here asking myself why why would I expect there to be some sort of activist angle in Steve's pick Waves. What could possibly be the reason that I expect? Oh, right. It's because I had just watched Just Mercy right before I watched Waves. And that that's where it came from. Uh, I, I'm with you guys. I'm a big fan of uh, Michael B. Jordan. I think it's it's uh, great. And I uh, and Brie Larson, uh, I, you know, I think she's she's. Uh, I think it's great not to see her in Captain Marvel now. And, and it's, she just has so much, uh, she just has a lot to offer. And I, I think it's exciting to see, you know, to see how she manages her career outside of the Marvel cinematic universe. Uh, that, that will be an, an interesting thing. Daniel, uh, Dustin, Daniel Cretton. Um, I also have not seen uh, short term 12. And so I need to add that to the list the patients maybe we, we should put it on a series somewhere because it's yeah. worth talking about all right fine <laughs> uh I, I haven't seen it turns out i haven't seen anything else that that he's uh, done but uh, looks like a this is this is going to be the start so well in the marvel uh, circles he will be directing shang chi so so i know i'll see something that's right <laughs> Well, I'd like to think before that comes out, you will have seen this and <laughs> Short Term 12. <laughs> so it's going on the watch list, uh, but this this looks like a a, a good one. I, I worry a little bit. I, I just a uh, just a little bit, given the cast, given the subject matter. I worry a little bit that it's uh, uh, that that we're going to start hearing the cries of Oscar bait. Uh, when does it when does it come out? Does well, it, give us any clue? It, yeah, it's a Christmas release date. Oh, all right. Is it Christmas in L.A. and New York, Andy? Probably, because it looks like it's Christmas uh, limited and then wider in January. All right. Well, all right. You know, you're up. We'll do it. Do what we can. Uh, OK, so I am talking about I, I wasn't going to bring this movie. I, honestly, I was going to bring uh, a, a bait for you guys uh, between two ferns. That's what I was going to bring. Oh, Thought it would be a, a funny opportunity. To talk. And then I went to see it. Chapter two. And this trailer dropped for Black Christmas 2019 remake of the film that Andy and I uh, did on the show. The 1974 is that right? 1974 so, yeah. uh, uh, original Black Christmas, which was innovative in its own uh, very special ways, uh, m mostly around uh, first person POV, which is also interesting, interesting given our conversation of our lists today. Um, it, this one is remade by uh, director Sophia Tekal, written by uh, Tekal and April Wolf. A group of students are stalked by a stranger during their Christmas break. It also stars Carrie Elwes. Uh, and Imogene Poots and Brittany O'Grady and uh, Elise Shannon and Lily Donahue. So we we have the the group of girls that are stalked, and uh, the way the original film, they're all in a sorority house, 
and uh, uh, the the uh, perpetrator comes in and takes hold in the attic. And every time he goes out stalking and uh, on his murder spree, it switches to first person. You see him climbing the ladders, and it's it's all very very clever. Uh, and here. The trailer is kind of hard to pick out. Like, are they going to do the uh, what sort of homage are they playing to the original? Like what the original did did well. Uh, I, I wasn't able to get a real sense for if they were leaning in on the first person stuff. It, it seems like they're introducing a whole uh, angle of the supernatural. The trailer or oh, the cult. Yeah, the cult. Right, right, right. Yeah. The trailer uh, establishes. um a lot. I felt like I, the the movie must really have deep pockets in terms of the secrets, uh, because they revealed some stuff in the trailer that I felt like might be central to the <laughs> third act. <laughs> right. And, and so uh, uh, I, I hope they're playing wicked Trixie with me, because uh, otherwise I feel like I already pretty much get it. What do you guys think? Yeah, I was uh, I. I... I'm intrigued by what they're going to do because I did find Black Christmas, the original um, Bob Clark film, to be a kind of an interesting, entertaining horror movie. And it's it, the way that some of the elements played in that film, I thought was pretty fun. I am a little surprised by some of the changes that they're making to this. I think, okay, they're, uh, it's Bloomhouse. They're taking some some big directional shifts, which could work. It it might make for a more interesting take on the story. But like you said, it also feels like they're revealing an awful lot in this trailer. And so I'm hoping, like you, that they still have a lot of cards up their sleeve that they're hiding from us, because otherwise I'll be disappointed if I watch it and I go, okay, well, I kind of figured all that out from the trailer. I watched this and thought, well, maybe I should just go watch Happy Death Day again. Because <laughs> uh, it's it, unless it's going to do something new to this genre, which is, oh, we've got a bunch of girls and there's the relentless you know killer you know chasing after them uh, what what are they doing that's fresh to this and maybe it is that bringing in the the cult piece but again that's sort of a tired you know cliche trope as well so i i don't know i i'm hoping they bring something fresh to it because a couple of weeks ago i saw uh, ready or not which i had a great time with because it it played around a lot and didn't take itself too seriously and my fear from this trailer is it's just playing it straight and taking itself as, uh, you know, a typical 70s, 80s, you know, sort of slasher genre, which to me, unless I mean, that genre, I think, is played out into, unless you're bringing something fresh to it. And I hope they are. And that that's the cards they're they're hiding on this one. They're trying to bring people in with, well, this is, you know, a classic slasher film and, and come and enjoy it. It's a remake of, you know, a, a classic. And I'm very hopeful that they they pull a magic trick and and twist this one around but i well i'm curious because it's written by two women and it's directed by one of those two women and so that i think intrigues me the most about it like are they going to take an interesting twist on this uh you know from the from the uh, i don't want to say feminist but you know it, it seems to be you know a bad word in some circles although i don't think it should be but the whole idea of looking at this type of of horror thriller where all these women are being stalked in a sorority and doing it more from a, a female perspective, that really intrigues me. And I think there could be something wholly unique about doing that. I just, as I watch this trailer, I'm like, I can't, I don't feel like they're leaning in on that. So I guess we'll see. Here's, here's, here's what Universal Pictures says uh, in their 
pitch for the film. Hawthorne College is quieting down for the holidays. One by one, sorority girls on campus are being killed by an unknown stalker. But the killer is about to discover that this generation's young women aren't willing to become hapless victims as they mount a fight to the finish. So it's it's more about the women taking a stand now. Yeah. Hmm. I, I'm not sure that that is giving us uh, enough new to, to really entice me to be thrilled about this movie. I'm definitely going to see it. I mean, I'm going to see it because I, I feel like we invested in the Black Christmas Cinematic Universe. And uh, now I want to see what happens next. But but I, I feel like I get it. I get what they're doing. And I'm, I'm, I want to be surprised. And I'm, I'm hoping I'll be surprised. Uh, and uh, otherwise, I look forward to Stephen J.J. covering this one down the road. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure yeah, this will no, be. I, I think, you know, Andy, thinking about, you know, what you're saying, uh, given recent news where we had... Um, and I'm horrible because I don't have my news tabs open. Uh, Jane Doe from that uh, trial that's coming forward now to tell her story of women sort of saying, we're not going to be these silent victims anymore. And we're going to tell our own stories. Maybe that is the the approach that they're taking with this of we're going to shift things and in, in take this from women being the victims um, and turning this around. So I, I'm OK. Maybe this will yeah. be something yeah. different. So. Well, yeah, they nailed see. the release window. Uh, the thing they're they're dropping it to coincide with Friday the Thirteenth in December. Black Christmas releases December Thirteenth. Love it uh, in the U.S. and Sweden wow. and Norway and Indonesia and UK and Australia. Um, it uh, opens uh, across Europe uh, the eleventh and twelfth. But really, you know, Friday the Thirteenth. Nice. That's when you're going to see Black Christmas. Awesome. There you go. How do we do on those lists? Oh, list time. So for this week's list, we're talking about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, everybody's favorite uh, Kevin Costner vehicle. And uh, the list options that we put out to our uh, uh, folks on Discord are characters say the name of the movie as a line in the movie, flying cameras, the arrow POV, or the feminist fall from grace. And everybody voted and the choice was flying cameras, the arrow POV. I would just like to say, for the record, I think we missed a giant opportunity with this week's list. <laughs> People, what are yes. we? What are we doing? Yes. If, if anything, because, characters who say the name of the movie in the movie was was a real <laughs> no. Uh, I wish okay. I, now. I wish that we had Roy Scheider saying, "Look at the jaws on that shark." <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should, we need to do a list of movies there's that a, should have had the line of the movie yeah. in the movie. <laughs> Look, there's he's a, an there's, ET. There's an there's extraterrestrial. There's there's Jupiter there's a, ascending. There's a, <laughs> there's a Twitter account that does that. They take screenshots and they'll they'll put in you know the text of characters saying really? the name of the movie. Like you know, yeah, I can't remember what the Twitter account is, but it's it's. Like actual ones? Well, okay, no, it's, okay. they're yeah. fabricating them right. for, gotcha. for for comic effect. Like, it'll be like Luke, you know, showdown with Vader saying, you know, the Empire strikes back this time. <laughs> you know, things like that. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. The Empire strikes back this time. Something, you know, but Andy's spot yeah. on. They'll be like, look, it's <laughs> yeah. an E.T. Yes. That's brilliant. We'll have to find that put oh, in the show notes somewhere. Yeah, so good. It, it, it's uh, all the opportunities that were missed, both true yes, and yes, fictional. Yes. Steve, the uh, the floor is yours uh, for your first pick. Yeah, you know when you 
when you look at this, I realize people don't understand what POV is. It's just like, oh, you put a camera in a different place. Oh, well, it's a POV shot. No, point of view. Whose point of view is it? Is it a person's point of view? Is it an object's point of view? Which is what we were going with with the flying arrow. The camera is actually mounted, so you're seeing it as if you were the mm-hmm. the arrow. But people, I'm looking and they're like, oh yeah, these drone, these flying drone shots. That's a POV. I'm like, of uh, what? A schizophrenic bird? <laughs> I, what? What is this? You know, just because you put a camera someplace. And JJ and I talk about this. And a couple, I mean, he may have brought it up on film board too, a couple times where you've got the camera that looks like it's from a person's point of view because it's sort of like handheld behind bushes. And you're like, oh, well, who, who is it? And it's not, it's just, they're being clever, yeah, creative, frame, putting yeah. the camera someplace. So I had to struggle to find, okay, what are the, what is the point of view that this is going with? Because there's lots of shots of cameras flying around, you know, Barry Sonnenfeld does that all the time, but is it an actual point of view of something. So I actually am going to start with uh, the the truest of the bunch to the arrow POV, because I think this probably was intended to be a spoof on that shot. I'm talking about the chicken arrow in Hot Shots Part 2. Already, yep, already a steal. Are you kidding? <laughs> That's a double steal? Well, technically, I've talked <laughs> about that one before, so I was like, I don't know if yeah. I should. So... Because you hot talked about hot do. shots, yeah. but you didn't talk about. I didn't that. talk about that, right? Yes, because that was a right. It was it was the whole right. like cameo thing yeah. with Martin Sheen, and yes, but I I think that's why it was fresh in my mind. I thought there's a there's yeah. an arrow shot. Yes, the, the iconic <laughs> running out of arrows, picking up a chicken, shooting it, it you know yeah. into someone's chest. But it, I had I had to check. I had to find the clip to make sure that it wasn't just. We saw the chicken flying across, but we actually had actually front and reverse shots of that chicken arrow flying yes, through the brilliant. air. <laughs> Straight up brilliant comedy. <laughs> I, I I had to check that too. And you know what? Uh, Sheen is jacked for that movie. It was, yeah. Uh, I, oh, yeah. Those, that's a really fun pair of films. I mean, I haven't seen it in ages, but you got the whole, you know, standoff at the end with the... Uh, uh, yeah. The president and Saddam yeah. in kind of like the little Darth Vader uh, lightsaber fight. Yes, uh, great pick. So silly, absolutely silly. That's such a steal. That was a prime candidate for me too. I thought there's there no way go. Steve's going to do it. He just talked about that movie. Ah, uh, well played. All right, Andy. So I'm a little uh, uh, looser, I think, uh, than Steve on on his interpretation because it's not really a POV. If it's a POV, you're not seeing any of the arrow. Well, oh yes, I I will agree with that. I'm like, well, you don't know anatomically where the eyes are on an, arrow. Could, on an be, arrow. It could be. You're assuming the arrows are on the front. It could I like be in to the middle assume of the body. that it's actually a little a wee leprechaun, perhaps sitting on the arrow, writing, writing, <laughs> yes. and it's his POV. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and to be fair, our source material, yeah, us, our source yeah, material, yeah, yeah. it is the leprechaun yeah. on top of the arrow because yes. we see, or the eyes of the arrow are kind of up. It's by like the muppet tail. eyes. It's like little muppet and, eyes yeah, that sit on top of it. Googly eyes, <laughs> and the actual the arrow head is the nose. And so we can't see the mouth yeah, right. underneath. <laughs> the lips, right. little fla- lips getting, flapping yeah. like a dog's eye with this tongue. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> well, for my first pick, it is not uh, It's not that type of POV. It is more eyes on the arrow tip. In this case, it's a bullet tip. And it is uh, the, the wonderful. <laughs> uh, I, you say that as if it's oh, a no. steal already and I haven't even said the movie. Can I, do you want to say it at the same time? 
You want to say it at no, the same time? No, because what if it's not? Okay, or you can, and then that's your first one. But it is Sam Raimi's The Quick and the Dead. Is that, was that what you are going to say? It was just totally a steal. Nope. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, it possibly is my, I, I guess I can't say it's my favorite Sam Raimi movie because Spider-Man 2 is probably up there. But I, I really just enjoy this movie. I think he's having a fun time with the Western genre. It's it's never quite a parody. It's never quite a spoof, but but it feels like he's just taking a lot of the tropes and just having fun with it. The whole idea of this dueling tournament going on builds to this climactic final bit that has a moment that feels a little bit out of uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, which I love, as uh, Sharon Stone um, battles with Gene Hackman. And for the final kill, not to spoil the movie, but to spoil the movie, uh, she ends up shooting him. And there are some typical like Sam Raimi crash zoom types of shots that are designed to feel like the bullet speeding right into Gene Hackman's head. Uh, it's a great little moment in a wonderful film. So that's my first pick, The Quick and the Dead. That is a great uh, pick. God, I just, I there are so movie. many great lines in that movie. <laughs> you know? so, that, so many great duels. Yeah. Somebody get me a bullet. Mm-hmm. Oh, love it. Russell Crowe. <laughs> I mean, just, man. Yeah. Oh, right. oh. Leonardo right, DiCaprio. Right. Yeah. What a cast. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, How have we yes. not talked about I, that movie? I, I don't know. I don't know. We I, need to do that. I quickly down the under. Theater. Yeah. Oh my god. What? <laughs> Just checking. Quickly down oh. under. What are you? <laughs> we're doing movies that start with you for this list. <laughs> That's the other thing that uh, we're putting into our lists here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, oh. I have another uh, bullet related uh, POV. Oh, this uh, might. This experience. is going to be a deal. I can tell. This one, this was actually the first one that I thought of uh, because I remember being deeply moved by this opening sequence in a movie that I really liked uh, a lot, which is weird. Uh, it is uh, Lord of War. The entire opening credits sequence gives us the life of uh, a bullet. And so you, you, from the perspective it sort of zooms in on the sheet metal like the milling machine as it's stamping out pieces of the bullet and shortly thereafter the bullet is actually you know you're kind of the eyeballs on the back of the bullet and uh, you're on a conveyor and you're being checked and you're picked up by fingers and eventually you're shipped into a war zone and uh, you get loaded into a bullet and then you're fired and the final sequence is a bullet going through the head of a, of a young man. And it is um, one of those horrifying ways to use uh, this particular sequence and this POV uh to to demonstrate and to set the the to demonstrate setting in a way that I thought was incredibly evocative and powerful uh and and set your sort of where you are emotionally for the duration of the film I think it was um, it was really great so lord of war um opening credits you don't even have to watch very far if you want to see this one just turn it on and you'll get the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, but then do we need to keep watching? Uh, well, I think saying? so. It... I I really enjoy this okay. movie no, a lot. Yeah, and, it's, okay, it's but, a, yeah. so. is this is this Nicholas is. Cage? John uh, no, Cusack? Nicholas Cage and Ethan Hawke. Nicholas Cage, Ethan Hawke, Ethan yeah. Hawke. Okay, that's right. Okay, yeah, Andrew uh, Andrew Nichols. Was this a, back when he was, was it making steal? films worth watching? <sighs> yes, Total Steel. That's that's yeah. such a brilliant sequence. I was yeah. like right there when I saw that this list was 
uh, when you guys came up with this, I'm like, oh, that has to be included. And I know it will be a steal for someone. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right. I'm going to keep going with the, the bullet theme because each time you guys mentioned this is a bullet thing, I thought they're going to steal this movie. They're going to steal this movie. And you guys haven't. And I wonder, perhaps you have not seen this movie. Oh. Uh, because when I, th- when I think of bullets, this is the first one that comes to mind. Um, let me give you some names. Michael Crichton, mm. Gene Simmons, Tom Selleck. Wow. Not a steal. 1984 runaway in the near future. A police officer specializes in malfunctioning robots. And Gene Simmons is the villain who has a gun that, fi- that fires bullets that actually chase people. They can go around corners, through tunnels, all all these crazy things. So not only is it a bullet POV, but it's a crazy bullet POV. <laughs> and I remember seeing this. Prob- I don't think it was in the theater. It was probably like just getting into video stores. Uh, you know, in the 80s, we, you know, video stores were just opening. And we're like, oh, wow, look, it's it's Magnum P.I. in this cool action movie. Let's go check this out. And uh, yeah, there's, I think, an opening scene where he, Gene Simmons, kills somebody with one of his people tracing bullets. That, so, that is such away. a great pick. And it's one of those that, uh, uh, like, I, I don't think about often. But I watched this a lot when I was a kid. Because of Tom Selleck and that mustache and and, and robots. robots, yeah, and the, the little, little spider robot, robots, little bug robots yeah. that chase me. Yes, yeah, exactly. No, it was crazy, and uh, well, I can't believe that this didn't this didn't come to me. I think it's the fact that it was written and directed by Michael Crichton is uh, maybe why we have stopped talking about it. Yes, <laughs> it was perfect for me, of course, uh, at that age. Yeah, it, yes, and it was perfect for 1984. Yeah. Right. And it should stay. I uh, also this is the one with the little robot spiders, and I saw that too. And it's it's a movie that I also watched a lot and totally loved as a kid. And I forgot uh, that Gene Simmons was in it. I forgot that that uh, there was a crazy bullets. So I I almost want to go watch it again now and see exactly how the craziness holds up up these days. Uh, all right. So Andy. All right. So next up for me is a. Um, I guess it's a little more just straight up traditional uh, repeat of the arrow cam. And uh, it's in a great film. There's not uh, too much to say about it because it's just a great film in a in a great fight sequence with uh, somebody that is very skilled with a bow and arrow. It is the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. It is when they are in the mines of Moria and they are being attacked by, uh, you know, all the uh, goblins that are running around all the walls of the whole cave. And of course, you have Legolas there, who does in fact fire an arrow shot at one of the uh, goblins who's shooting from the walls. And you get the the ride on top of the arrow with the wee leprechaun as he flies, uh, flies across the uh, cavernous room and hits the, uh, hits the uh, bad guy square in the forehead. So that's my second one. I didn't even think about that until you just said it. And now it's all I can think of. Like that, of course, that's a pick. That <laughs> yeah, should have no, been a of steal. Course, and of, I course, yeah, of course, Peter yeah, Jackson is yeah. going to do that because he's got an archer yeah. shooting yeah. dozens yeah. of arrows in a film. Right. Eventually, right. you just run out of stuff to do. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Put a leprechaun on the arrow. Camera, give the leprechaun a GoPro. <laughs> Come on there. You yeah, guys, I go. have this brilliant idea. <laughs> totally original. <laughs> Uh, okay, my next pick is, I, I sort of can't believe you guys haven't said this, but then I realized who I'm talking to. Um, uh, it's a movie that that actually 
I think it allows me to say, see, I can have fun with movies that other people don't enjoy. And that movie is Wanted. Uh, (laughs) It is a movie about throwing bullets around corners. And they stole that idea from Lars Anderson. Exactly. You know, he can he can throw arrows around corners. They'll throw bullets around corners. <laughs> right. Uh, this is uh, Timur Bekmanbetov, uh, and um, it is uh, Angelina Jolie and James McAvoy. And I, I'm on a James McAvoy thing because we just saw it, and so I'm I was excited to to try and find a connection there. Now, look, this movie with the throwing bullets. I have a lot of fun with it. I think it's uh, it's they do some just crazy, fantastical stuff that's so over the top that I can I can invest in it. But there are two sequences in the movie where we have very, very, very long sniper type shots. So long, in fact, that the bullets have propellers on them and uh, they break apart. They're like predator bullets. And uh, we actually see the bullet. It's like goes back in time. So the sequence starts with the bullet in the head and it backs out of the head and you see then where the bullet came from and it switches around perspective. So there are Times when you're you're actually the leprechaun riding the bullet and then it zooms around the bullet and you see the perspective. But it's a very cool sequence. Uh, and I uh, I have a lot of fun with this uh, movie that, you know, I, I think a lot of people like to make fun of. It's a six point seven on IMDb. It easily crests this six uh, six star rule. So, um, you know, is what it is. I enjoy it. No, I I, I enjoy that film. And I think. uh it's I, you're you're treating it like a guilty pleasure, and I don't really? think you need to because it is a lot of it is a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, fun. I enjoy it, and actually, uh, my, my youngest watched it, and she was, I should say, upset because Chris Pratt is the uh, well, he's he's the jerk that's the you know sleeping with his, our hero's you know girlfriend and all that. And she's like, wait, Star Lord Chris Pratt, why, why is he being such a <laughs> A bad guy. I'm like, but he looks like it's like baby, it is Chris, baby Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah. Um, but and he's the one that uh, I, the shot that stuck with me the most when I first saw this was the uh, getting smashed in the face with the keyboard. Yeah, um, and the teeth flying out. There's, There's a so lot many of great visuals on this one. I, stuff. Yeah, I counted on this one. One of you guys picking this one, so that's why it wasn't on my list. I thought that'll be a steal if I put oh, it. Oh, good. My list. All right. So, well, then uh, well, you have well, you have well uh, assuaged my guilt. I feel less guilty yes. about enjoying my time with this movie. The thing never feel guilty for loving a movie. That, Pete that never feel guilty. Just the thing that makes me cringe with this movie is the poster. The what they do with Angelina Jolie's arm in the poster well, is yeah. offensive to anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, all right, uh, Steve, you're next. This is the number okay. one pick. Uh, number one. Number one pick. Oh, and these, see, mine is. I'm. I guess I'm just firmly rooted in the '80s with this, and it maybe because just getting into appreciating movies. These are things that stood out to me because it was sort of like first for me of like, wow, this is really innovative. This is something different. As I was sort of exploring movies, um, so I. And they're sort of, well, I think we've mentioned, oh, how do I, all right, I have to go with the one that I think is most technically fun, which is the original, very first Evil Dead flying force shot into Bruce Campbell. 
So again, it's it's a flying shot, but it is a POV because we are the from the point of view of this whatever evil force that's out there in the woods as it's, you know, flying through the trees and through the cabin into Bruce Willis. And, <laughs> not Bruce Willis, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Wrong, Bruce. That would be an interesting movie. Bruce Campbell. Good old Bruce Campbell. Uh uh, so that's that's my, my number one. I think it's one of the earliest times I saw that, and it was one where I just thought, how how did they do this? And they did it by taking a camera, mounting it to a two by four, and giving two guys, you know, just go run through the woods with this thing, and we'll we're, we're going to make this work. So that's my plus my a top leprechaun pick. I know there was a leprechaun. <laughs> okay, so. So now, is it? Are we going back and building the glossary? Because we had jiggly right. monkeys, and now we're going to have we're leprechaun, leprechaon cam. cam? Is that, it's it's going to just be. <laughs> we need to update no, our it's glossary. It's got to be clearly. leprechaun riding the arrow, yeah, or a bullet. Oh, it's got to be leprechaun because riding I'm sure bullet. leprechauns do other things in filmmaking. <laughs> I'm sure they do. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. The, the many the quantities of leprechauns in the in the uh, film industry that never get talked yeah. about. It's like house elves. They were, Nobody wants right, to be because they were not able so, to unionize. They don't get scale. Right. If Nick's listening, because he put together that fine artwork of, of Andy with the big old Irish hat, I think he needs to go in and put a leprechaun riding an arrow shooting across the background <laughs> there for our Satnet artwork. All right. So Evil Dead. That was what you said, right? The Evil Dead? That is original Evil Dead from 1970-something. Yeah, I knew that one would need to be on somebody's list, and I figured it would be yours. All right, Andy. For my final one, it's it's a slight cheat because it's not quite exactly what the the uh, this is almost like a flying leprechaun following the arrow. Wow, Irish Andy breaking his own rules sometimes when when it's a little (laughs) when all of like so many of my choices have been taken. So what are you going to do? This is uh, a backup, but uh, it's okay. It is the Avengers. And we have yet... <laughs> Good grief, Andy. We have yet uh. another archer, in this case Hawkeye, during the final battle. Uh, he he eyeballs Loki flying on his little uh, little flying machine, and uh, and he shoots his arrow, and you get two great shots. One is like the the leprechaun is directly in front of the arrow, watching it as it flies toward away from Hawkeye toward Loki, and then the follow up shot is it's almost just like you know you're right behind the arrow off to the side, just kind of following it as it flies and goes right up to. Loki only to have Loki catch it midair, look at it, and then just kind of look back at Hawkeye and just give him a look. It's a great little moment. Uh, it speaks to Hawkeye's uh, quality as an archer as well as uh, Loki's cunning. So uh, that's my final pick, the Avengers. And a final steal. And a final steal. This is a list full. Oh, wow. It's, it's so, a tricky one. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there are other <laughs> yeah. examples out there, but uh, not as many good ones or ones that I have seen. Well, I, you know, there were all, there are a lot of these. I think it's funny that we end up picking our, our favorites that, that coincide in, in large part. I, I have a number, I have a couple of other projectile versions of this. Um, but I'm going to cheat horrifically because I've had like four steals. (laughs) And, and that is, it is a weapon. It is a point of view uh, change, and it is also a guilty pleasure. So it's a triple threat. Uh, And that is from the film adaptation of the book of the radio drama 
British, uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy 2005. And I'm talking, of course, about the point of view gun that actually fires and changes your point of view. So there is no perspective. It's just a gun with the word <laughs> point of view in the name, and I'm sticking to it. It's a funny scene uh, with Zoe Deschanel and uh, the uh, wonderful uh, Sam Rockwell uh, as, uh, and, and uh, uh, Yassine Bey, and I think it is just a funny little sequence of them, you know, sharing each other's point of view and firing the gun. And it's a nice little emotional beat in the movie that uh, is, I think, a good uh, family film that uh, I enjoyed. So suck it. Point of view gun. <laughs> <laughs> it is a fun film. And, uh, oh. you know, it's, it's a fun way to play the list. So I'll let it slide okay. this time, mister. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do have some, I have some bonus picks in my defense. I was going to uh, pick uh, Terminator salvation. There's a mm-hmm. bomb dropping, right? That was one. There's another bomb in Pearl Harbor, the air to sea, like torpedo, uh, right, falls, that yeah. was one, but I okay. didn't. I for some reason I just was not feeling it with bombs from the air, kind of a, a thing. No, see the the only other backup I had, and it, I wanted to make sure it was something that was mm-hmm. airborne. And Barry Sonnenfeld does a lot of fun stuff in uh, Racing Arizona, but I thought, well, there's that great shot where the camera's flying through uh, to discover, you know, when mom discovers the babies have been, you know, baby's been kidnapped. I'm like, that's not anybody's point of view, but there is an airborne shot. When he is in there stealing the babies, as one of the babies leaps out of the crib <laughs> to land on him, it, it is it is mm-hmm. flying baby POV. <laughs> good one. Um, but but I was like, eh, it's a bit of yeah. a reach for me. And I had, I had I, that was a backup in case there were some steals. As far as Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, that's a movie I struggle with because I'm such a fan of yeah. the original radio drama and the books. So it's one that I probably need to revisit and just know that it's an adaptation that's its own thing and i kept wanting more of what i loved about the books and this is its own it's so So wears its its own content on its sleeve like you could tell it's just like there was not they they just literally adapted it It didn't it didn't bring anything you know interesting Uh, american sniper does this too but i haven't seen it apparently it's it's uh i i looked at it it was it's not very long you're just and you're kind of behind it's like Avengers where you're behind the bullet as it flies, but it's very brief. It doesn't follow it more than just like when it exits the gun. So I didn't really think that one counted too much. Yeah. Okay, good. I, there was one that I, I'd hoped for more and it's a shot out of blade Trinity. Did you guys stumble across this? I didn't. I haven't seen that one. This is, it's actually really cool. There, there isn't a shot like a, 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 a leprechaun arrow shot, but, um, there is some behind the scenes, footage where Jessica Biel in Blade Trinity is has to fire an arrow directly into the camera. And so they they didn't really from like 50 feet. Right. I mean, she's it's it's a reasonable shot that a challenging shot for the actor to make. And so they they wanted to protect everything. So it's all cordoned off. All the cast, everybody's away. They just had like a two inch uh, or a four inch little window that is blocked off for and everything else is surrounded by like bulletproof, like plexiglass, whatever they use. Right. Um, and so she's firing into this completely bulletproof protected box. 
And nobody expected her to have any trouble with this shot at all, because you just have to get it like, you know, get it pretty close. We can do it in one take. All you have to do is climb up on this thing and shoot the arrow toward the camera and you're going to be fine. And she bullseyes the camera lens and destroys a $300,000 camera. And they have her like they have the people were shooting this with their like phones. And you can watch Jessica Beale looking like that. She fires it and she's like, looks at it. And then she like leans in. At the camera and then starts laughing hysterically <laughs> because she just did this, like uh, it destroyed the camera completely. She embeds the arrow like six inches into the camera, which I thought was brilliant. That's that amazing. Poor leprechaun just got <laughs> thrown right off the camera. So, Check uh, the I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Oh. That's it. So where we go uh, this coming week? Well, we're going to be looking at uh, at an interesting entry in uh in robin hood uh cinematic history it is the 1991 john irvin robin hood yeah what, what do we want <laughs> what do we want to uh talk about for that one this you is, type in this, robin hood you know, in imdb and that one doesn't even come up in the list yeah, like it to. skips that you get robin hood prince of thieves and then robin hood 1973 like it just completely skips like it doesn't even exist. I feel like we easily could do, um, you know, similar films that came out, you know, in a very short time period. Ah, I, I think we should put that one on the list That's, for sure. You know, oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, okay. what are we calling that? Like uh, um, same year challengers or something like that. Or proximity. Oh, yeah. Proximity. Large. Proximity challengers. Yeah. 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 Proximity challengers. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is, see, when I was working in the video store, I remember there was lots of debate raging on which was the better between the two, between the, and a lot of people like, no, no, forget that Kevin Costner one. This is the yeah. better Robin Hood movie. Uh, so that, yeah, that's, you know, definitely we've got a, a history of, I think that happening mm -hmm. a lot of uh, sort of stu studios arrive, uh, rushing to get similar projects out. Okay. This was, it was another movie with troublesome accents. Okay. We can put troublesome accents on the list. I feel I feel like that might be giving up, but that should be a contender. <laughs> I'm surprised that that's the first time that that has come up. I am, I am actually surprised lists. too. But uh, it, that's, there is a um, <laughs> we have the old trope of 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 doing a stupid thing for for love. Oh, the stupid thing for love trope. Yeah. Okay. Do to do that? All right. I could. I'll. I'll, I'll sure. go with that. All right. Yeah, that works. Yeah, this is a tough one. It's a tough one to watch. <laughs> it is. All right, so that's it. We've got <laughs> Troublesome Accents, Proximity Alert, similar films released near each other, and The Stupid Thing for Love trope. All right. Does that sound good? Let's do that. Yeah. Yep. All Let's right. do it. That will be up in our Show Talk channel, everybody, over on Discord. So get your votes in, and uh, we will uh, see what we're going to talk about on next week's show. <laughs> Steve is posting the Twitter account uh, to... Uh, titular lines oh nice in the show talk yes i it's found that friendship cap <laughs> that was always the end game <laughs> really, i'm not gonna be able to do anything else sorry the show's late i'll be reading twitter <laughs> and won't be able to produce it this week uh thank you gentlemen a fine saturday matinee to you both and uh, andy get off to your soccer game steve you know whatever you do uh, okay. I got to go replace the yes. sink. I'm going to do plumbing today. Sounds oh. like fun work. It's going to be a great day. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And uh, we'll catch you this week. Lots of good things coming this week. Uh, so 
Thanks for your support on Patreon. If you're not a supporter, consider it. That's all. Bye, everybody. See ya. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Get started today.